Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. It's time to roll your sleeves up and get your hands dirty with Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio, coming in to, at you from Nam on Wurundjeri country in the Kulin Nation. Um, a big shout out and a heap of respect to all the elders out there, past, present and emerging. I'm your host, Phil Evans, as we bring you another week of uh, what's going on around in activists, around at Friends of the Earth and with our friends and community out there. In the studio with me is my co-host, Emma. Hi, it's Emma Watson here. Hey, how you going? Good. Excellent. Um, it's good to, good to have um, you in the studio with me. It's so exciting having another addition to the Dirt Radio team. Thank you. Yes. So <laughs> today we're going to talk about the Tarkine in Motion. So it's a project that recently took place in Tasmania. Now in its fourth year, Tarkine in Motion has become one of Australia's largest environmental art projects, using the creative power of art to alert the world to the plight of a threatened wilderness, the Tarkine, or the Tarkine as it's also known. For three days, artists and volunteers operated out of eight base camps located across 495,000 hectares of the Tarkine, or Tarkine, from the small shack of Arthur River on the northwest coast, Corinna on the stunning Pyman River, the remote coastal stretch between Sandy Cape and Rupert Point, to the ancient threatened rainforest scheduled for imminent logging. Mm. With over 1,000 meals to prepare, oh, now I really want to go and have another breakfast, um, <laughs> thousands of kilometres to travel and 187 artists in the field to support, the event is immense. A huge undertaking and a huge amount of planning, organising, logistics and hard work. Mm. In just a moment, we want to have a chat with my co-host Emma Watson, who worked on the project. And later in the show, we're going to talk to Glenn Todd, who was one of the artists involved in Tarkine in Motion. Sounds exciting? Yes. It's All right. A project, lots of people involved. Excellent. All right. Well, strap yourselves in for another edition of Dirt Radio. We're going to be back in just a moment after a quick community service announcement. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids and come in black, white, grey and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 94198377. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Come on, you know you want one. Pulingana Pakana Raichi. Takaina Luchuita Miladina Pakana Tu Warranta Tanapri Tanapri Ningimpi Nangampi Takara Makuminya Miladina Nika Mina Tanapri Tanapri Pakana Lumi Paiwuta Manamapli Miladina 
Naripiliti Tepilti Ninamapali. So I've welcomed you all here to Takaina Lutrawita, Tasmania, Aboriginal land. We acknowledge our old people with deep, deep respect who once walked through this country and I acknowledge our Tasmanian Aboriginal community, elders, past and present. Our country sends good spirit to your journey. Nari Ninatul, thank you. And that was Janice Ross. She's a Tasmanian Aboriginal woman presenting a welcome to country in the Palawakani language at a place on the remote northwestern coastline of Takaina Tarkine called King's Run. And we were there uh, over the Easter long weekend when a group of artists travelled there as part of the Bob Brown Foundation's Tarkine in Motion Environmental Arts field trip. So, Emma, you were not just part of organising the event, but you've been working to protect Tarkina for some time now. Mm. Um, for those at home who aren't familiar with the issue, what are some of the main threats? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, firstly, um, there were about 46 volunteers involved in organising the project. Um, we have a small staff team at the Bob Brown Foundation to support the coordination of the field trip. And this, um, as we mentioned before, is the fourth year running. Um, I've been working as a campaigner for the Bob Brown Foundation in Melbourne for close to a year and a half now. And my mission has been to engage and activate supporters to take action for Earth with us on protecting Takaina Tarkine. Mm. And um, this year, it was my mission to encourage as many Victorian-based artists as possible to travel to Takaina Tarkine with the view of being able to come back and work with me on building the national advocacy arm for the campaign. And more than 50% of the artists who participated this year did actually come from Victoria, which great. was great, um, including a Melbourne-based choir called Shaking the Tree, which was a group of about 30 people alone. Um, we had about 220 people altogether involved in Tarkine in Motion, either as a volunteer or an artist. So it was quite a big logistical effort in the field that stretches right across the landscape from the coast to the, uh, through the mountains to the, to the forests. And um, yeah, this area is a threatened landscape. Mm. It's not yet protected as a national park. And unfortunately, neither the Liberal or the Labor Party support a national park. However, we still continue our campaign for a secure protection of the area um, as, a, as a World Heritage listed national park. Um, the main threats are logging, mining and off-road vehicle access. Um, so as far as the logging goes, it's about 85% of the Tarkine is at risk from rainforest logging. So this is in old growth areas that haven't been logged before. Mm. So the thing that... Um, the, the timbers that are, are being logged are specialty rainforest timbers like myrtles, blackwood, sassafras and celery top pine. Um, and we've had vigil camps there in the forest since February this year. Last year we maintained camps from February through to June, um, backing out logging um, and defending that uh, the Franklin River forests um, over that period. So we're doing we're back in there again, um, and we had one of the and that was actually one of the base camps for Tarkine in Motion this year was the Franklin River forests. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was great. We got to take a lot of people there, and um, they went on little forest tours down to the river, um, documented the landscape, um, and just as far as the other main threats go, ninety um, percent of the Tarkine is covered by mining leases. 
And the heritage listed cultural landscape is also subject to off-road vehicle vandalism where we've seen four-wheel drives access ancient shell midden sites where vehicles are prohibited to go. So um, while the Tarkine is facing these threats, we, we do really need to stay vigilant and alert and um, it's always, but it's always good to remember the intactness of the Tarkine as well, for which 90% of it is still intact. Mm, for sure. And you mentioned that um, the area has not been declared into National Park, but it does hold some pretty unique uh, places for um, many people. Anyone who's seen it, um, it's an unforgettable landscape. And, you know, you just need to jump onto the computer and um, have a search and find the images to see how special it is. Mm. But um, what really makes this area so special? Well, the Tarkine, um, as mentioned, it's a, a landscape that spans 495,000 hectares. It's a, an area that's about 2.5 times the size of Port Phillip Bay. Um, it actually would qualify for seven out of the 10 criteria for World Heritage Listing. So that's for outstanding universal value. Um, and the, the existing Tasmanian World Heritage area has meets those criteria and the Tarkine has qualifying features that would meet the same criteria. And there's only two places in the world that actually meet that many criteria for outstanding universal value. So the Tarkine's one of those. For sure. I um, guess, yeah, and I guess part one of the most distinguishing features is really the Aboriginal coastline, the landscape there, which has evidence of... of um, uh, habitation. There's a, a really high density area of hut depressions where once people would have lived in villages. Um, there's um, seal hides along the coast, so they're depressions in the pebbled beaches that were once mm. used for seal hunting. And um, yeah, so that cultural history spans back 40,000 years or more. And um, that's a very significant part of the landscape. And of course, the rainforests and the mountains and, um, you know, the plants that exist in that area that span back are as relics to the ancient continent of Gondwana. Great. So, yeah. so it sounds fairly amazing. I've only seen pictures, um, just uh, FYI, but um, I, <laughs> after listening to um, so much and uh, hearing so much amazing work um, coming out of the area, I feel compelled to get down and check it out firsthand. Um, why do you think it's been so important to bring artists into this campaign? Well, if I'm to use Bob's words, um, he says, to want to see the Tarkine is to want to protect it. So by coordinating a field trip like this, we've been able to take hundreds of people into the landscape where uh, in that process, we've been able to occupy the threatened forests mm. where there's coops scheduled for logging. Um, this means we've had to maintain communication with the National Park Service and um, Forestry Tasmania, which is now known as Sustainable Timbers Tasmania or Sus Timbers, as Bob likes to say. Um, so we've had to maintain communication with um, those agencies to gain access to some of the, those roads locked by gates and just keep them aware of the presence that, of the people we have in the field. Um, and by having people in the space, in the landscape, occupying some of these areas, um, we were actually able to discover new logging, which was documented by artists and campaigners during Tarkine mm. in Motion. And that really proves the power of people in the landscape um, bearing witness to some of these impacts. 
Another um, another thing we were able to document during Tarkine in Motion were um, some of the four-wheel drive um, driving over the ancient middens um, where vehicles were not permitted to go. So by, by using that sort of documented evidence of what's happening in the place, we're able to raise the alarm and show what's happening and call people to action. So it's, it's really important having um, people in the landscape. Mm, for sure. Yeah, and it was just um, a couple of days after Tarkine in Motion, actually, there were a group of artists who joined in a tenacious tea party. Um, so that was an action um, in an area around the Rapid River. So that was a coop which was um, where logging had, had started. Um, and that's, that action was able to stop logging for, for about a day. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and we've seen some really creative, powerful imagery that's come out of those those protests since. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to get to some of the artists in a bit because still to come on the show, we've got um, artist Glenn Todd mm-hmm. joining us in the studio to talk about his perspective of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it sounds amazing. Um, the, the landscape is painted and the picture but let's get down and talk to the artists in a moment but first we need to listen to a bit of community service announcements we'll be right back on dirt radio like in canada and in australia they cannot discharge tailings directly into the riverways but in pogra they discharge their tailings in the waterways and they kill us and they say it's okay you are just being killed for trespassing subscribe to 3cr bringing you voices and opinions the mainstream media don't dare touch. They have the exclusive right to extract the mineral below six feet, but that exclusive right does not permit them also to kill people. Who does the killing? The company has uh, specially arranged security forces. Subscribe today. Call 9419 8377. You are listening to Dirt Radio. I'm your host, Phil Evans, and uh, joining me, of course, is Emma Watson, who we were just talking about the Tarkine. Um, Tarkanya? So uh, we were talking about Tarkine in motion. Uh, we've heard about um, some of uh, Emma's work in the field organising, um, along with a whole host of other people, for over, um, over around 200 artists to come down and be part of this bold and creative project. But I think it's time to hear from one of the artists. What do you reckon, Emma? Yeah, we've got um, Glenn Todd in the studio with us this morning. He's an artist, activist and digital communications specialist. He's worked with Friends of the Earth on the nuclear and pesticides mapping projects, as well as working with many frontline affected communities to help get the message out. So his art is uh, notably included in large scale sculptural installations at festivals like Burning Seed. So welcome, Glenn. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Great. Um, well, firstly, how did you first hear about Tarkine in Motion and what was it that inspired you to get involved? Uh, it's been on my radar for a few years. I've sort of worked in the space of creative activism. So I've been really interested in joining um, just the Planets Didn't Align. So this year I made a, um, you know, booked it in quite early to make sure that I could make it. That's great. Um, it was great to have you there. Which um, base camp were you stationed at? I was in Franklin River and also Rapid River. Right. Okay, Somewhere cool. between the two. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about the um, what those camps were like? Uh, the camps themselves are wonderful. There's um, obviously full of beautiful activist people and people there fighting for the forests. 
Um, around the camps is just amazing beauty. Um, if you believe in fairies, then this is where they're probably born. <laughs> um, mushrooms, gorgeous fungus, it's just amazing places. Um, mm. And then you have the logging coops and the very fancy roads that drive to them that are funded by taxpayers. Um, the roads are probably one of the things that spun me out the most, just how fancy they were getting out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Mm. Was that the Tarkine Drive? Uh, all the logging roads. I come from northern. I was been living in Northern Rivers, where it's just <laughs> the main roads are far less in condition than the roads out in Tarkine Wilderness. Mm. So, as an artist, what draws you to want to work to protect Tarkine? It's 2018. Can we just stop chopping trees down already? <laughs> yeah. Um, <Come> on. <laughs> you know, um, Australia has just such a massive um, land clearing rate across the country. We could, you know, spend multiple shows on this issue. It's, mm. it's insane. Let's just stop it, um, especially for such um, special places. Mm. Um, so what was some of the, the art, the creative work you did while you were in the Tarkine? Uh, so I did two installations um, called Post Chainsaw Part 1 and Part 2. Um, so I went to two different logging coops. One was two years old-ish where they'd cleared a heap, taken out a heap of large trees just to build a loading dock. Um, the second one was a fresh clear fell, um, which was, you know, working in ankle deep mud. Um, just gorgeous landscape, beautiful vista. Um, but yeah, gorgeous trees that has been smashed. Uh, and the devastation of a logging coop. Mm, and it provides a real, the landscape really provides a prov- provocation for, for artists and their work. Yeah, so I was using um, a lot of the, basically they only take out 20% of the material and that's not including the life that's in the soil. So they're really taking out minimal amount, but in the process they do destroy everything. Um, so I really wanted to use some of the the waste that they were using to build installation and, mm. you know, just restricted by, we know, we had no tools. Um, so it was all done by hand. So we're using more of the smaller scraps that were left behind. But just wanted to really look at and explore those materials, like just the huge waste. It's not only mm. insane chopping the trees and destroying the forest, but then the waste is just infinitely insane. Mm. Like It's just crazy. Mm. There's massive logs left there in some of those coops, yeah. and it's a wonder why they don't take those out. For sure. I wanted to know um, in terms, there seemed to be a huge, big chunk of the artist community go down to take part in it. What was it like collaborating with other artists in the space? Uh, it was great. I mean, my life experience working with activists is usually a great experience with beautiful people, um, <laughs> people that are passionate about, about something outside themselves um, and then obviously sharing a passion with art and creativity. So I'd, yeah, I had a great time collaborating with the various um, beautiful people there. Sure. Mm. What sort of other works um, did you see done by other artists or were you really confined to the, the one spot during the process? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was mostly by myself or with a small group of people in the logging coops building or travelling or bushwalking. Um, however, I, there was a lot of photographers. Um, I did see an interesting project where um, a woman was collecting a lot of moss and beautiful materials and working with another videographer and they were going to animate them. Mm. And they had uh, another person um, done up with makeup and they were taking various shots to to explore the forest talking. So I'm really excited to see the results of that video project. Mm. And we had people down there this year as well who had 360-degree cameras and um, they were taking time-lapse photography and recording sounds in the forest for soundscape work. So, yeah, we're still pretty pretty early days in the it's only been a couple of weeks or mm. so since since easter 
So I'm um, really looking forward to seeing some of the work that comes out. The other thing is some people's um, art process is to go to a place and experience it and just take notes and, and various recordings. And the actual art's produced post-event. Mm. So although my work was very much within the event, a lot of the artists will actually be producing art through the year based on the inspirations. Mm. Mm. Exciting. Um, I wonder, like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, as an artist, how has this experience shaped your process or the way that you undertake your art? I've, I've been wanting to move a lot more into doing direct activist art. I do a lot more traditionally digital stuff in my career. Um, so, that yeah, this is a part of that process. Um, ideally, we'd like to do things bigger, bigger teams. Uh, that takes a lot of resources and a lot of complexities around building structures. Um, but I think it was a really great sort of experiment mm. in in the coops and working in that way so hopefully we can also use the art that was done to inspire um, people to support us to build something a bit bigger mm. Mm. yeah and we've got actually got a, a Tarkine in Motion arts event coming up in Melbourne fairly soon on the 14th of May Ooh. so that'll be the first opportunity for artists uh, in Melbourne to showcase some of their work so we'll have some music performers and digital projections and um yeah, we'll see what, what people have produced. Sure, and we'll I make know. sure we put the links up for that on the 3CR website, on the Dirt Radio page, so mm -hmm. if you're interested in that, which I definitely am because it sounds yeah. amazing. Cool. <laughs> you want to get along to that. It'll be at the Loop Project, uh, project Space, Loop wow. Bar Project Space on Myers Lane in the CBD. Cool. Um, the big question though, Glenn, why is art so important to activism? I think it's it's all about the communication. So usually with a campaign, the vast majority of a campaign is doing a lot of backroom boring stuff, you know, maybe working on the finances and working on the systems and where the money goes and all that sort of stuff. Um, and you can't actually visualize that. And also if you haven't visited these places, you also can't visualize it. So the artists are able to grab the huge amount of work that's done um, and then actually communicate and push that out to the wider public. And also some artists are also quite influential in popular culture. Mm. Um, and so they can also use that influence to, um, you know, make it cool to care about stuff, such stuff. Oh, you heard it first here. It's cool to care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> Excellent. So um, thanks, Glenn, for joining us in the studio. We really appreciate it. And um, I am so looking forward to seeing some of your work. And I know you've got um, an Insta account. Do you want to give it a quick plug so people can check it out? Yep, that's Flame Writer. So um, F-L-A-M-E-W-R-I-T-E-R. That's the one. Yep. So jump onto um, the Instagram and check it out. Um, it's it's worth it. It's uh, amazing work that's gone on down there in Takaina. So thank you so much, Glenn. Great. Um, so that was Glenn talking about his experience with Takaina in Motion. And uh, we'll be back after this community service announcement. Hello, this is Dan Salton, and you're listening to 3CR Blackfellow Radio, Melbourne. You are on 3CR. You're listening to Dirt Radio. Today we've been chatting all things Tarkain, Tarkaina, um, mm. with uh, wonderful Emma Watson. Thank you. 
Yes. So um, we were talking with um, Glenn Todd just before, who is one of the artists who took part in this huge event uh, organized by the Bob Brown Foundation, the Tarkine in Motion, um, to protect this amazing World Heritage listed um, area from... Oh, World Heritage list- listing in waiting. In waiting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, uh, listing yeah. in waiting um, area... Um, from mining, logging, and all sorts of um, threats. Off-road, and, yeah. Yeah, off-road vehicle access. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So um, listening to it, I feel pretty inspired to um, want to protect the Tarkine. Um, what can I do, Emma? Um, well, as um, part of my role for the Bob Brown Foundation in Melbourne, uh, I organise monthly Tarkine action group meetings. And for people wanting to get involved this month, actually this week on Thursday the 19th of April, I'm hosting a Tarkine Action Group meeting at Friends of the Earth in the cafe downstairs that's uh, on Smith Street in Collingwood. So please come along. Uh, We're going to start at 6.30pm and um, we'll actually be calling an activist in from from the Tarkine itself. So we'll be talking to somebody or things going to plan um, from one of the one of the coops, the Sumac coop. So fingers crossed, um, the technology works. Um, but we'll be able to hear a bit more from him. Cool. And if you want to find out more about that, you can go to bobbrown.org.au forward slash April underscore action underscore group underscore meeting and we'll include a link to that on the dirt radio page um when the podcast podcast goes up this afternoon for that one also i want to give a quick plug um in just over six months time listeners will know we've been talking about the upcoming victorian state election um Friends of the Earth have a launch event happening on the May the 24th. We've got six months to make a difference. So, <laughs> so <Get on> it. <laughs> yeah, jump on to foe.org.au forward slash six months, six with the number, months, um, and you can RSVP to be part of this really special event, um, hearing from um, some amazing speakers. We've got um, Kate Audy, who's the ACT uh, Climate and Sustainability Officer. Mm. Um, we also have a wonderful activist, author, and uh, just general round legend, Tony Birch, um, joining us as well um, to talk about um, what's going on around in Victoria and what we can do to make a difference over the next six months to get our politicians on side for a vision for Victoria that works for people, environment, um, and the economy. Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks, Emma. Another fantastic show. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Yep. And Glenn, th- you- thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, indeed. Um, I've got a bit of a, a cheesy track choice. Uh, try to do it a little bit thematically. Um, this one's by The Cure. It's called A Forest. <laughs> 